What if I told you that they're doing the same swindle with energy prices that they did with the COVID response hoax? I'm just sitting here remembering all the time we spent on the radio going through how a screenwriter would have approached the climate response hoax. Why didn't this sell? Why couldn't we sell this to people? And when we told them that the earth was going to end, we told them the oceans were going to take over their kids' house and, and, and drown them. Then we told them the world was going to start on fire and there'd be food riots and they didn't buy it. And a Hollywood screenwriter would have said, let me tell you, kid, you got three main problems. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Let me personally thank all of you for the prayers and uh, prayers of hope and praise to God for bringing young Alan from Alan's Artisan Soaps through his latest surgery so well. He's back at work at the soap company. It's alansoaps.com slash Todd, and thank you all so much for that. So without further ado, let me just tell you, they're doing it again, the same exact play, you guys. This is what is expensive, because in these peak demands, the expensive gas comes into the market. So what we have to do is flatten the curve and uh, avoid the peak demands. We will propose a mandatory target for reducing electricity use at peak hours, and we will work very closely with the member states to achieve this. That is uh, from the EU. They intend to tell you, you cannot have your power on at certain times of day. In Switzerland, and this according to the Daily Mail, Switzerland is going to consider slamming you in jail if you heat rooms above 19 degrees Celsius for up to three years if the country is forced to ration gas due to the Ukraine war. None of this is about Ukraine. This has been brewing and being installed for three decades. The war on reasonable forms of energy. The sooner folks begin to realize that people like Klaus Schwab are deadly serious. He's, he shows all the signs of being a sociopath or a psychopath. We are simple chess pieces to be moved about the board. That's all we are. He is a God man surrounded by people who think they're God men who have determined that the planet has 6 billion too many people, that the planet should only have 500 million people, that they should be a certain sort of people, and that there's certain people who should rule all the others. So Bill Gates is part of this. I have no idea if Bill's always been a sociopath or a psychopath. Um, I, I've only spoken with him three or four times. And in any extended sense, one-on, not one-on-one, I never had a one-on-one with Bill, but in a conversation back and forth, probably I would think it was about 11 minutes. 
but I watched him with people a lot. And he was always strange. Uh, but I don't know if he has just gotten worse uh, or if he has fallen under the spell of evil. Maybe, maybe both. But until we realize that these guys can afford to play the long game, that they're playing the long game, that they're purchasing people, they're bragging about it. It's one of the hallmarks of a psychopath. What is What fun is it being a psychopath doing psychopathic things if you can't go out and brag about doing psychopathic stuff to people? It's part of the fun. The war on petroleum has been long going. Oh, and by the way, speaking of Russian interference, Russia has funded that in the United States. They have funded anti-fracking campaigns in the United States. They have set up fake grassroots groups who have run real ballot initiatives that have changed our economics and our energy infrastructure and it's madness. And, and uh, we're scheduled to talk with, uh, with Zach Abraham about this and to get his view on this. So what we're watching is a very compressed, now bigger threat that's gone through a screenwriter's hand. And before you sound like, okay, Todd, listen, Herman, love you, love the radio show, love the unrush, God rest him. But are you really saying that this stuff is crafted? Yes. Barack Obama's team had screenwriters and they scripted dramas. The guy who invented the fake moderates on Iran, Ben Rhodes, was an unpublished screenwriter. His brother helped run one of the big news entities. You had actual successful screenwriters who worked for Barack Hussein Obama mm -mm -mm, to craft narratives, to feed the media stories. They had high-level psychiatrists and psycho psychologists who were mapping out how do we sell this. I've talked ad nauseum about the Harvard study on how to manipulate people into taking the injections. I, I, am, I am convinced there are very similar studies on how to get people to give up the energy independence that we personally have. Our cars and our ability to buy gas from a local store, albeit with big companies feeding it, to, to store gas, even though it's very difficult to, to, to have gas remain usable for any long period of time. Why do you think they outlaws having our own gas? Oh, it's a safety thing. Oh, okay, because we're all anxious to have our houses burned down. Right. It's easier to store diesel for a longer period of time and there's stabilization kits, but now I'm getting all into Prepperville and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not the Prepper gearhead guy. So here's what the screenwriter would have said. All right, number one, let's talk about your movie where the earth is going to end in 100 years. No one cares. I hate to tell you, kid, but if you're sitting me down in a theater and the movie's going to take six hours and the threat of extinction is 100 years from now, the human psyche is going to do this. Yeah, but the, the scientists will figure something out. They've got 100 years. The human psyche will look at that and say, that's really not a threat. And it's six hours long and I'm asleep after, you know, the movie needs to be maybe two and a half hours, maybe. Depending on how many explosions you can put into it and how many people get murdered and, and you know, Hollywood being Hollywood, how many times we can have uh, you know, divergent weird sex scenes in it. 
So the screenwriter would say, your timeline's way off, kid. The threat needs to be now, as in 48 hours. If it can't be 48 hours, it's got to be two weeks or 11 days. You've got to shorten the timeline. So if you think about what they did with the COVID flu, is they immediately shortened the timeline. Okay, and it needed to be immediate. It needed to be a slap in the face. We are shutting the country down. And sooner or later, people are going to figure out that we don't really mean shutting the country down. We mean that Walmart's going to do well and Amazon's going to have record profits and Netflix and Zoom and pot stores and abortionists. They're going to do great. But your churches, your schools, your small businesses snuffed to the degree that they were able to do that. And of course, the Lord's going to protect the the body of Christ. So then the second thing is, it's not personal enough. Your global warming thing, what is it? It's everybody? Well, people don't care about everybody. Take World War, is it a Brad Pitt movie? World War Z, which was probably a cooperation with the government to prep the environment that vaccines are, are the greatest thing in the world. Probably. And it's a, I love it. I mean, in a, as a thriller, I think it's fantastic. I think it's interesting. Um, I think the way they describe this vaccine and, and the metaphors they use, are, I think Brad Pitt's great. I happen to like Pitt as an actor. I think he chooses interesting roles. And I think that was not, I mean, not his particularly most interesting role, but as zombie movies go, it was cool because the zombies moved fast. And I mean, it had international intrigue. So there was a lot of it I liked. But if you take that as an example, immediately they personalize it. Brad Pitt, sort of this cool father. He's got, you know, beautiful wife. He's got lovely kids. And, well, oh, we need to raise the stakes with the family. Yeah, his little girl needs some, uh, she needs some medicine. I can't remember if it's insulin or something that she needs or she's going to die. And then Brad Pitt has to go into the store and, you know, to save his little girl. He goes into the store in the midst of all the zombies and, and he gets that medicine and he could kill a guy, but he doesn't. And he talk, you know, then you're gaining this respect for Pitt and, oh, it's personal. And then they adopt a little kid because his family's at by the zombies. So they adopt this little kid. Oh my gosh, look at this. They're such good people. So now your body in person, I need Brad Pitt to make it out because Brad Pitt's family needs Brad Pitt. So they personalize it. What did they do with the COVID hoax? Well, I mean, you know, you, you have to understand uh, if, if you, if you, if you are not uh, staying home uh, for two weeks to flat the curve, you, you may kill uh, you, you may kill your infant daughter. She, she may burn to death uh, in her because COVID, I mean, we're not saying it will necessarily burn her to death, but it might. So it's this slap in the face. It's this, wait, my family? I, 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 well, and you may wake up dead. Uh, you may go to sleep because asymptomatic uh, people, the, the biggest worry is people who don't feel the symptoms uh, because they're, they're not going to take the sickness seriously because they don't feel ill. Uh, and, and, and So the screenwriter says, personalize it. Don't give us this oblique thing that, that 100 years from now, uh, everybody's going to die because people need to believe, well, not me. And they need to feel like the stress is now. And number three, 
You have to have a hero, kiddo. Where's my hero in the global warming story? Al Gore's my hero? We've got to have a hero. So in the COVID hoax, what do they do? They, they pick people that we've been trained our whole life, and maybe with good reason, to think of as heroes. What did they do? They took doctors and nurses. And I don't know about you, but if, if like, I'm thinking of the time our little girl had, she's not little anymore, but I mean, when, when our daughter was a little, little kid and it appeared that she had something wrong with her liver and we took her to the, the pediatrician and he was a really, really great doctor, super, super complete Dr. Wu in uh, the Seattle area. We took her to Dr. Wu and Dr. Wu was checking on her. And he was feeling her abdomen, ab, abdomen, that's a word I have trouble with. And, and he pressed where her liver is and she, and she was uncomfortable. And I remember Dr. Wu said that word you never want your doctor to hear, which, or to, to utter, which was, huh. Then he said this to my wife and I, I would like you to take her to the emergency room and ask them to give her uh, an MRI. Wow. Really? Yeah, I just, I, I would just like to rule something out. So we did that. And I remember as we were sitting there after the test was done, our daughter did a great job in the MRI machine. And after the test was done, the doctor came hurrying into the hospital, disheveled and the, the pediatrician. And he saw us and he started walking over to us. I thought, oh Lord. And he walks up and I said, hi, Dr. Will. He goes, have you had the MRI yet? I go, oh, Oh, I thought you were here to tell us the results. He goes, no, I'm sorry. I, I knew you were here. I hurried over. And he came back and said, yeah, this MRI is fine. I don't know what's going on, but let's check her tomorrow. And by the next day, she was fine. Everything was fine. So he didn't necessarily fix her or cure her. In fact, he didn't, but he settled our minds. So we've been trained our whole life. So they pick heroes. And then they give us the hero. Dr. Tony Fauci, he's, you know what he is? He's the world's leading expert, uh, uh, pardon me, the nation's leading expert on infectious diseases. And then, oh, wow, he's the leading expert, you guys. So there's your screenwriter. The screenwriter says, compress the timeline, make it personal, give me a hero, and keep raising the stakes. This is the constant refrain of this book, how to write the breakout novel. Keep raising the stakes. Well, I mean, as much as anybody, I, I would like, uh, I'd like the world to, you know, get back to normal, whatever, whatever, whatever the new normal is going to be. But this cannot happen until everybody has been vaccinated. My vaccine protects me. Your vaccine protects you. Uh, look, I, I don't like wearing masks either. And, and, and candidly, that's why I only wear them if I'm on TV or on camera. I don't wear them if I don't think I'm on camera because they're uncomfortable. But you little people, you need to wear the mask because your mask protects you. And now it's, well, we don't know that we can begin to open schools again. And man, we've got to do, we've got to do learning at home. And then Fauci uttered those famous words of, well, sometimes you just reach a point where people have had enough and you can only do what people would tolerate. And that was around the election time. They raised the stakes, they raised the stakes, they raised the stakes, they personalized, they kept that hero. And then you get to the Joseph Campbell bit. And this isn't in the, in the, in the writing the breakout novel book. You get to the Joseph, Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell was a Canadian academic and he went around the world and he studied myth. 
the structures of myth in all cultures. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant leftist. And what Joseph Campbell came back was with, hey, there's basically seven stories and I think it's like 28 archetypal characters. So the most common story structure in the West is the hero's journey. And part of the hero's journey is the hero comes back with the elixir. The hero leaves the normal world. He goes to the special world. There's a series of gatekeepers that try to stop him from going. He encounters shapeshifters. They look like good guys. Sometimes they're bad guys. Who are they really? He has the darkest cave moment. That is where I don't think I can get out of this. He is delivered from without. It's called help from without. Someone comes to deliver him. Often it's supernatural. And then he saves the world that he comes by coming back with the elixir. Here's what we need. And wow, we have the elixir. So the screenwriting, the, 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 you know, the screenwriting doctor, the script doctor is what it's called. The script doctor would look at the script and say, go do those things and come back to me. So you take the climate alarmism hoax, you compress it, you personalize it, you appoint a hero, and then you apply a story structure that works with people. Hero's journey is a great one. So is, um, so is uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. Now look what they're doing with electricity. This so-called crisis has been coming for three decades as they have been baking this up by getting rid of any reasonable energy alternatives as they decry petroleum as they refuse to use nuclear, as they say everything has to be, quote, renewable. Next hour, we're scheduled to speak with Zach, Be Zach Abraham. And I came across an analysis at Powerline blog about the so-called green, green infrastructure. It is actually, it is mathematically impossible. Want to know why? Because we don't have and can't get the minerals uh, and other elements we will need for this. And let me say it this way, and we'll get into detail next hour um, as we're scheduled to speak with Zach. And that's this. Just one of the elements that we need, I believe it's cobalt. We need 189 years worth of cobalt in the next two and a half years. 189 years worth of that stuff. That's one element but we need it in two and a half years. And then guess what? 20 years from now, we need to do it again. Oh, and guess what else? None of this stuff is recyclable. Oh, and guess what else? It can only be created using coal power. The, 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 the so-called green power doesn't produce enough power to produce this. It's the same swindle. It goes right back to why don't we blow it up? So what's, why are they doing this? What is the end game? It's, it's to me, it's, it's very, very obvious. And they're going to have the help of our dear, dear friends in the Mockingbird media. Thank you, Project Veritas. A reminder, that's where this came from. This story comes up, they're going to latch onto it. They've already announced in our office that once the public is, will be open to it, we're going to start focusing mainly on climate. Um, uh, climate like global warming and like that's going to be our next like um, 
It's our it's gonna be our focus. Like uh, like our, our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying it, that's what it was, right? So our next thing is gonna be for climate change awareness. What does that look like? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I have a feeling it's just gonna be like constantly showing videos of like decline and ice and weather warming up and like the effects it's having on the economy and, and really talking Who's this about the head of the network like just Who's that? Is that Zucker? Zucker, yeah. I imagine that he's got his counsel and they've all like discussed like where they think um, So that's like the next pandemic like story like that will yeah that will will beat to death. But that one's got longevity. You know what I mean? It's not like there's a definitive ending to the pandemic or, you know, like it's going to taper off to a point that it's you know, not a problem anymore. Probably think it's going to take years. So we'll probably be able to milk that for quite a bit. You know? This is straight from CNN. This straight from a CNN producer. Our next job is to get people afraid of the weather in a compressed way. It's the same swindle. They went back to the script doctor and the script doctor said, now you see that? You see that COVID movie? You see how that worked? You see how pharma got 360 billion or more, maybe up to 720 billion, almost a trillion taxpayer dollars by force. You see that? You see how the the Federal Reserve and the Treasury and BlackRock and Vanguard all work together to conjure Another almost trillion bucks, $750 billion. And you see how they were able to give that to, to companies like Amazon and like Walmart and the big companies. And that was money they took out of the pockets of 40% or so of small businesses. You see how they did that? You see how they've got now half or more of American society whose brains are so broken that if you tell them, hey, we need you to wear soiled underwear on your face just for two weeks to, to stop the spread because this new virus can't make it through, uh, can't make it through. It doesn't need to be soiled, but underwear you've worn for three days, wear the underwear for three days, then wear it on your face. That's the only way to stay safe. People will do that. You see the control we have. You see how some people raced to get the so-called vaccine passports and the other people Did you see how we were able to force them. That's how you write a screenplay kids. Now let's try that. Let's try that climate thing again. So what's the, what's the end state? What's the end goal? Is it really that difference guys? And is the enforcement mechanism going to be any difference? They're already talking about jailing people for heating their houses. Talk about that. I keep saying scheduled to speak with Zach Abraham because at the time of this recording, I hadn't confirmed it, but we normally record at the same time. So we do have Zach coming on, God willing. And it's a good time to think about some things our friend, the chief investment officer, Bulwark Capital Management, has been telling us, guys, if you've listened to the show, when I say guys, I mean men and women. Folks just sound so fake folksy. When you think about everything you've heard from Zach, uh, what is it now? Almost nine months, 10 months that we've done the podcast. How many times has he talked about 
things like energy, the, the components of electricity generation not being purchased enough. How many times has he said, do you know how much copper is needed for electric cars? Do you know that that's not being invested in? Do you know that instead people continue to invest in Facebook? How does that work? And Zach has talked at length about what is likely to happen with these energy shortages. And then he said, but look, don't put all your money in that hedge upon hedge upon hedge. That's risk management. And let me liken it to this. You know, yesterday um, I had the honor of introducing my friend, Joel Stewart, who's a retired Green Beret, the retired senior sergeant, uh, taught people how to, and still does, how to survive behind enemy lines. Now he just teaches normal people, in addition to Air Force personnel. Um, It's contingencies. Like it's always contingencies. All right, so the radio's broken. Yeah, what's next? All right, so that way's blocked. Okay, but what's next? Or you look at guys like him or people like me who are just paranoid, but not trained like him. You know, I walk into a busy place. If it's a super busy place, I'm going to say, okay, how many exits are there? And don't count the one I came in because that's the one other people are going to go through. If God forbid there's a fire, where are they located? Or you might be this sort of person. I am this sort of person. Like if I sit down at a table and I'm eating dinner, I scan the room and say, who's armed? It's just almost automatic. It's contingency. Well, Zach and his people do that for retirement. It's risk management. And he's very consistent and has been very consistent about what's going on in these rigged marketplaces. And just with the reality, that's the marketplace we have. So if you are five to 10 years out from retirement, you need to get with Bulwark Capital Management and at least have a conversation or even 15 years out. The closer you are to retirement, the more risky a hiccup in the market is. So simply give them a phone call. They're at 866 866- 779-RISK. Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. You can go to knowyourriskradio.com. Knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor, representative of Trek Financial LLC, and SEC registered investment advisor. Boom. So what is the end state here? What, what, what's, what's the end goal? What are they seeking? Well, let's be clear about this. There are no alternatives. We can never do the thing we know works. See this? Same swindle. Well, um, the, the problem with, with ivermectin is uh, it was invented by a horse uh, to treat other horses. And it's, I mean, admittedly, admittedly, it was a very smart horse. I'm not familiar with other horses who've invented medicines. Uh, this horse's name was Albert. And he invented the, I don't say, I mean, I don't actually want to gender the horse and have asked it how he identified, but he invented the medicine for other horses because he noticed they had a lot of parasites. And, and really, I don't know about you. I would not take a medicine uh, that was invented by a horse. Uh, and a hydroxychloroquine, I know that I said that is partly uh, a part vaccine and, and, and part prophylactic, uh, but I was taking horse medicine that day and wasn't myself. Once again, we can't do what we know works. And energy security worry is driving a lot of the thoughts now about, oh, we need more drilling of gas. We need more drilling of this. We need to go back to coal. No, we don't. We absolutely don't. And just like in the COVID response hoax, you have people who are common sense people saying, you guys, you need to do what works. Germany will become totally dependent on Russian energy if it does not immediately change course. 
here in the Western Hemisphere, we are committed to maintaining our independence from the encroachment of expansionist foreign powers. It has been the formal policy of our country since President Monroe that we reject this is when the, Germans the interference start laughing. of foreign nations in this hemisphere and in our own affairs. Ah, oh, the Germans laugh and look at the orange man. Just like in the COVID response hoax where you had people with common sense saying, wait just a second, hold on. We tried this mass thing with the Spanish flu. That didn't work. In fact, it made things worse. People got bacterial pneumonia. Just like then, just like then, people who questioned all of this are so-called scientists or they're, they're, climate, uh, you know, they're climate deniers. Well, the COVID deniers are costing more life as they question vaccines known to be 100% safe and effective. Well, uh, Bob, I just ask you, what, what, what do we do with the climate deniers? Just like with the COVID hoax, you have Facebooks announcing they're going to kick people off the platform for being climate deniers. Just like with COVID, you've got Twitter. Both of those organizations run by government comm shops announcing we're not going to allow these debates. We're not going to allow people to see this information. And just like in the COVID response hoax, you've got lurking in the background, actual legal tyranny from the DO quote, Jay. I'm announcing three actions that the department is taking to advance environmental justice. First, consistent with the president's executive order on tackling the climate crisis at home and abroad, we are issuing a comprehensive environmental justice enforcement strategy. Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta will discuss that strategy in just a moment. Second, I'm pleased to announce that we are launching the Justice Department's first ever Office of Environmental Justice to oversee and help guide the Justice Department's wide-ranging environmental justice efforts. Like all parts of government, it will get its own acronym, OEJ. <laughs> and third, the Justice Department is issuing an interim final rule that will restore the use of an important law enforcement tool, supplemental environmental projects, subject to new guidelines and limitations <laughs> that I will also be issuing today. So in other words, the Supreme Court said some stuff. Some people wrote some things. But we don't care. We just don't care. It's like when uh, the Supreme Court said, yeah, Scientology is a religion. Yep, it is. Unquestionably a religion. And incidentally, it does not qualify for a tax waiver. That's what the Supreme Court said. Why? Well, because it doesn't act in the common good and has these characteristics that means it doesn't qualify. It's a religion, sure. Free speech, absolutely. Tax waiver, no. The IRS said, yeah, we're going to give them one. We don't care what the Supreme Court says. Well, so part of what we're seeing is the same thing that we saw with the COVID hoax. Who ran it? Who actually ran it? President Trump, for all his good intentions, and I do think they were good. As I've said before, I believe that they, well, I don't believe, I know because Deb Burks admitted in her book, yeah, we lied to the president viciously. We lied about the rate of death. We lied about how infectious it is. 
We lied about whether or not the injections would work. We lied about everything to pressure him. I lied. I knew it wasn't two weeks to, to, uh, to flatten the curve. I knew it was going to take six months or a year. And in fact, it, it, it doesn't work at all. She'll never admit that, but it doesn't. She knew all of this. Fauci was lying. Collins was lying. Redfield were lying. They were all lying. They lied with the media. They lied with social media. And President Trump was left with that decision. Hey, what if, what if you are wrong? What if you, DJT, are wrong and, in fact, this is going to kill 30 million Americans? Can you put your head on your pillow at night knowing you could have saved 30 million lives? No, Donald Trump couldn't do that. So he got conned. It's the same swindle here, the same series of lies with the same end goal. It is every bit the insurrection and the coup that the media is convinced or but they're not convinced that they pretend happened on January 6th. The coup is the administrative state saying, hey, why are we playing in the shadows? Why, why are we letting these politicians run things? I mean, we've always used them as our mask. We've always used them as our, our liberty shield, you know, like they use kitty shields. We always pretend people like Deb Holland are actually running things. I do have to say just on the issue of uh, uh, gas prices after waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle. I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station and didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward <laughs> to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies yeah. and the uh, international markets. Yeah, actually, how did the energy get into the, the stuff you used, the, or the plant you used, the facility you used to charge your car? It was coal. In all likelihood, it was coal. Incidentally, and this is so funny, it's so funny, it makes me feel so good. In all likelihood, you paid for that car. As a member of Congress, she gets a transportation stipend. And it would have easily covered a lease. They get to lease cars with your money. But she got enough chips. So what's the end goal? They installed in the minds of about half of Americans, we get to decide what you put in your body at any minute. It is normal to not be allowed to work until you get injected. It is normal to be told, cover your face because we told you to. It is normal to be told, stay in your house for two years. It is normal to be told, you can't collect rent from people living in your basement apartments, even if that's how you pay your mortgage and you can't kick them out. It's normal that your sandwich store, which has been in the family for three generations, and with your homemade ice cream and the bread that you lovingly make, it's a death trap. But the subway location across the street is perfectly safe. It's normal. It's normal that while your kids are wearing face diapers, not developing mirrored synapses, not developing empathy, not seeing face-to-face, -face, not learning how to have human interaction. It's normal that those people go to unmasked parties at $500 per plate dinners and they yuck it up and they drink and swill expensive wine. That's normal. That's been installed. That's a ruler mindset. So what's the goal here? Because it cannot be. We're going to switch the entire 
separate country of California over to electric cars. They cannot do it mathematically. So what's the goal? I mean, probably you've already read the end of the novel, right? What the goal is? The only question is, who stops it? Who is the hero? You probably know my answer to that. So just today, at a uh, little bit of a reminiscence, sometimes we go in uh, with us gym rats. And I know I'm always in the gym. Uh, This guy happens to be a federal officer and he's a really good one. And let's see, should I say what agency he works with? Nah, probably not. Uh, But he does undercover work. He's the friendliest guy. He's the greatest American, uh, just a really good guy. And he and I were talking a little bit about expectations people have in the gym. So my buddy, he is a slender dude, but he is so strong. It, it blows people's minds when they look at him and they go, you can do that? Well, because he studied for years on form. He happens to be super strong naturally. Uh, he doesn't give up. He's trained forever. He's practiced things. And I was telling him a story about before I got hurt, I was doing this CrossFit workout. It's awful. It's awful. It's called Karen. You take a 20 pound ball, you toss it up 12 feet in the air and you catch it and you squat down below parallel. That's one rep. So your hips are down below your knees. You do that 150 times. And people who are really good at that do that nonstop and they finish below three minutes and it's far harder than you think. So I did that one day. My time, by the way, was 612, which for a dude in his mid fifties, is a pretty decent time. And a young man saw me do that. And he's ripped and muscled and, and he's just, he's yoked, as they say. And he came up with a super respectful guy. He goes, hey, sir, let me ask a question. What were you doing? I explained what I just explained to you. He goes, why are you doing that? I said, it's called a benchmark. We, we, we test ourselves to see where we're at occasionally. And he goes, so do you practice? I said, no. Wall balls might be part of a workout, but no, I, I don't practice doing Karen. It's just, it's a test. He said, I want to try it. I said, you really should. You'd kill this. Look at you. I've seen you. Like, what do you, what do you squat? Like 505 pounds on a 180 pound frame? Because yeah, something like that. I go, oh, you'll kill this. Go get warmed up. He goes, oh, I don't need to warm up. Like, um, no, you, sh- you should warm up. No, no, I'm good. Y- yeah, but you're not. You should, <laughs> you should warm up. No, I'm good. All right. Maybe you are. So I showed him the movements, how to do it, what counted, what didn't count. And he set forth. Remember, the goal is 150 of these. At 72 or so, I think it was a little later, like a 60s. I think it was in the 60s. He redlined. I was telling someone about this the other day. He redlined. Redlined meaning he went, <gasps> and couldn't like continue. He had to stop for a second and reset. And then he did like 10. Then he was doing sets of five. And brother was toast. And to his credit, he was really cool about it. Point of the story is this. All that potential and none of the practice. And truthfully, that kid practiced that once, twice, he'd kill me. Let me ask you a question. What are you practicing in your diet? What are you practicing? In your nutrition, what are you practicing? What are you getting good at? What have you gotten good at? 
If you want to be able to do the things, and it doesn't need to be Karen, it doesn't need to be long bike rides, it doesn't need to be physical stuff. You want to live well? What are you practicing? This is something about soda weight loss that we don't focus enough on. They're trainers. Yes, they supply the food. Yes, they'll put together the nutrition plan that's specific to you. Yes, you'll work with nutritionists. Yes, they're going to coach you. They're trainers. They're going to retrain your body. I guarantee that brother at the gym, if he practiced Karen three times, he'd murder me. You practice, you train your body to drop unwanted fat, and then the people at Soda make sure it stays off. It's sodaweightloss.com. It stands for state-of-the-art because they are. Sodaweightloss.com. So what is the end game? Well, there's some commonalities about the new electric cars. Number one, they're wildly expensive unless you're Deb Holland. Number two, they're all connected. They all connect to the grid. Those are really the commonalities. The energy sources. Good luck storing enough energy for that. Good luck. All use solar. Okay. If you have Elon Musk's money or, you know, to be fair, a little less than that, you can build a battery array. You can charge your solar car or your, pardon me, your electric car for a bit. What's the other commonality? Good luck making electricity all by your very own self. Oh, well, you can't make gasoline. Yeah, but you can make methanol. You can make, yeah, I'm not saying you can make clean ethanol. I'm not saying it's an easy process, but people have done it. What's the other thing? They're trackable. All the new electric cars that are coming out are trackable. They're on a grid. Utterly trackable. What is a so-called vaccine passport? It's a tracking tool. Well, so is a mobile phone. Yeah, but I can toss it in a Faraday bag when I don't want people to know where I'm at. And you know what? I do. If I have a meeting, certain meetings, I toss my phone in a Faraday bag. Just because I don't want people to know where I am. Paranoid? Okay, paranoid. In the case of your car, you can't, well, I guess you could turn that off if you get in and code it or hack it. Except you can't get on the freeway eventually. Oh, we didn't get your code. Sorry, we're going to need you to not drive on the freeway. Well, we'll just go ahead and ticket you. Automatically. And go ahead and take it from your bank account from you. If you think these things aren't coming, just, just go again and look at Canada. Just go again and look at what they did with the truckers because they had, uh, what was it Justin Trudeau called them, unacceptable views. That's what they did to them. They stole their money. They, they still have. They still have some of the truckers' accounts locked, which has the unfortunate effect of the truckers can't hire lawyers. That's really unfortunate, don't you think? The end goal is the same. And look, one of the greatest books in the world, well, strike, replace, the greatest book in the world is the Holy Bible. <laughs> the best screenwriter on earth. Invented screenwriting, art, invented drama, invented tragedy, invented truth, invented documentary. He told us this is going to happen. Now, it doesn't say electric cars and tracking devices and injection diktats and so-called vaccine passports. That's not what it says. But it makes it very, very clear 
that the people who want to rule this world are going to be able to rule this world for a bit. And it also says very, very clearly, hey, hang tight. I got it. I'm coming. It's going to be in my time, on my schedule, and I'm coming. You just stick with me. You continue to follow me. You continue to emulate me, me being not, I'm not saying I'm Jesus Christ, but the Lord saying, hey, just follow my, my example. Uh, disciple others, act like, live like a disciple, live like someone who believes in me, do these things. And then when I come along and I go up to the Bill Gates and I go and judge him and I say, Bill, why did you go stick people with, with, uh, the, with this computer code using mosquitoes? Why did you commit these murders? Do you have a good answer and he doesn't? Those days are coming. Does that provide you any comfort? Because here's my comfort. Here's where it's at for me. Is I'm looking at this going, my home country. My home country's falling apart. My, my home state of Washington, the former state of Washington. That's, that's Washington state. Man, I, I was born in Washington state. I raised my daughter there for most of her life. That was my home. And now I understand the meaning of this. This place is is not our home. We're visitors here. We want to make the most of it while we're here. And you know what we ultimately want to do is bring as many people back with us as we can because we have the actual elixir. The actual thing. So God is the ultimate screenwriter. And you know what he's doing is he reads through this change and now they're going to use this scam on the electricity stuff. God's yawning. He's yawning, I think. I mean, I don't mean to put myself in the mind of God because I can't, but I can see him yawning going, oh gosh, this is what you guys come up with. Wow. And you think I didn't see this coming. To me, this gives me great comfort because in our glorified bodies in heaven with the Lord Jesus, none of this matters. I mean, you know that thing, and one day you'll laugh. Well, I'm telling you, if there's true tragedy in your life, that's not true. One day you won't laugh, except in heaven, because now you'll see the full picture and you go, oh, that's why you let that senile old man, and the Lord will say, yeah, that's why. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be mindful. The Lord told us, be still, be still. I am the Lord. That's what he said to us.